Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Mark. Hey, Liz. What you doing? I am. I do this every time to you. And you're like, Liz, I'm making a flipping podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing. Well, how are you? What are you doing? Oh, well, I've had a day that's gone completely whack. I yeah. mean, I you know how I schedule and I'm so weird about yeah. it. So I had my schedule for today, but mm-hmm. everything fell apart. Uh-oh. Like I was supposed to have furniture cleaners coming today. Uh-huh. I have had two, three parties at this house and not had my couches cleaned. <laughs> so I'm like, I, you know, and you know, well. you know, I, they're, they're kind of dirty. So sometimes I look at them and go, ew. Anyway, they you didn't get show your couches up. couches cleaned after three parties? No, no. I just meant that it's been three years. Oh, three years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been like, I was thinking well, 4th of July parties mainly. Right. Yes. And those can get quite raucous around yes, your house. I know. I'm, yeah, I'm so debating. So I understand that now that I remember the last year's July 4th party here. Yeah, I got I a little, understand that one got why a little you had to clean. Off the hook. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to do Ooh, one this year. I don't blame you. I think I'm just going to do a a game night dinner mm-hmm. party good and just have us game night friends i like come over. those personally me too. i mean i in, i'm involved in both but game night is so fun it is fun yeah. and i think i might do like a fourth of july themed game night perfect and uh, and have like fried chicken and good. you know have like a family style dinner and then if my neighbor i ha- the reason i ever started doing fourth of july parties i don't know why we're talking about fourth of july i brought it up <laughs> but anyway he used to buy like literally thousands of dollars on fireworks Mm-hmm. Like a maniac, mm-hmm. and light them off right next door. Oh, I know. So I've I thought, seen. let's have a party every year. Right. He's going to spend the money on the fireworks. Yeah. And then there are other neighbors around here, um, and you can see there's two. So it became a thing. And then last year, he's like, I'm done. So I thought, oh, oh good I said, time well, to... I'll go out and buy some fireworks. And then I'm like, oh. I'm never spending that kind of money again yeah. on 20 minutes. Yeah. I yep. mean, I woof. So I don't know. I'm thinking about it, but I think a game night would be fun. And then we can just good. go shoot some stuff out in the backyard let's for do fun. It. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. So, yeah, that's uh, what's going on here, and that's all I can think about. Yeah. This new in my life. It's getting hot. Hey, by the time this episode airs, mm-hmm. I have returned from Paris. That's right. I had you a have. great time. You oh, my did? God. How was it? <laughs> it was so good. We walked a lot. We ate a lot of bread. <laughs> 
Don't so, um, come back with an accent. I'm excited. Please. Oh my God, like Madonna. <laughs> yes, exactly. I cannot do a, a French accent, so there's okay. no fear okay, good. of me coming back with that. Good. I can just do, oh, which is, I guess, very <laughs> insulting and still awful. That oh, was not great. You're going to yeah. be great in Paris. I, oh, yeah, kind of, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I kind of love it. <laughs> French people love Americans. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> okay, but anyway, here we are in yes. the 1930s. Yes. My Grandma's Diaries. So, last, okay, we're on episode eight. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm calling this one yet. Okay. So, there's no, we are working title right now. Yeah. <laughs> but previously on episode seven, yes. and again, as usual, if this is the first podcast you're hearing, mm-hmm. there are seven others. So, right. stop now and go, go back, back so you don't get lost. But if for some reason you're like, no, I am staying, then here's what at least happened on episode seven. Our heroine Elizabeth turned 15. And we met some of her friends. We met Rex Wallace and a man named Louie, who has the same birthday as her. Do you remember Louie? Yeah. But that's how I was able to find him. And we're spending a lot oh. of time with Bill Terrell. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's her boyfriend. They're breaking up. They're getting back together. Uh. <laughs> and one, and you know, he's a smoker and a mm-hmm. drinker, and she doesn't like and that. And a drink, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he had promised to quit smoking for mm-hmm. her. And mm-hmm. we kind of talked about, you know, what was the macho male figure? that was popular in his era and it was the gangsters and Al Capone yep. and people like that so totally. maybe he was emulating them exactly uh, so let's see oh and they have found out that they're definitely moving mm-hmm. on May 1st they're moving from Bell, Missouri and they're going to have to go to Arkansas mm-hmm. okay so they have been living with the, her, their maternal grandparents her mom's mom and dad. But their generosity can only last so long. This mm-hmm. is an extra seven people camping out in their house. Right. And for months now, Grandfather Underwood has been saying, mm-hmm. you got to go. Right. And now the time has come. Mm-hmm. So they know that they're leaving. They do kind of hope that they'll be able to stay if her older sister, Frances, and her mom can find a job. Mm-hmm. But it's not looking good. Right. No one can find a job. So... Mm-hmm. Seven people. Yeah. So it looks like May 1st is a big day. We also see Elizabeth with her piano playing. She mm-hmm. plays the piano for the senior high school's graduation ceremony, mm. which is really cool. So that's mm. one of the first times we see okay. that she's an accomplished piano really? player. And I wish, you know, by the time the diary starts, she's uh-huh. 13. They're not living with a piano, so she doesn't talk about it. Yeah. So I wonder where she w- took lessons. Does she and- not say, do you not get any Mm-mm. sort of indication? She just, by the time we're in her life, she already is a very good piano player really yeah so she must have taken lessons well i started well you start young and i started piano lessons when i was five and i i took war until i was 13 Okay. You started young. Loved it though. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's what hmm. you know proper young ladies did. Sure. You learn an instrument. You learn embroidery. Right. You know. Right. My mom was even a pretty decent piano player, and uh-huh. I don't. I don't even know who taught her how to do it. My dad. He was born in 1924. He was a great piano player, and really? he could play like all that ragtime music, yeah. like Alexander's Ragtime Band. Yeah. And my brother, he would play it. My brother and I would run around the house uh-huh. and. At, dance and act like fools yeah it was really cool so big part you start young you do you do and i think even my the little farmhouse that we own out there in the holly hill it always had a piano in it Hmm. just it's your only entertainment you got to make your own right Right. before radios right so i I love that this sets her up with a lifelong love of playing the piano so on may 1st they Mm -hmm. pack up the car and they're headed to step rock to the hartzell family farm and may 2nd they're already working 
I mean, yep. it's not like come unpack your stuff and relax and Ooh. get to know everybody. They're, go not go pick all. some strawberries. Right. So their cousin Doyne is teaching them how to do it. This mm-hmm. is not going to be an easy life. They're living in a tent. Yep. What I loved about last week's episode is that when they meet this cousin Doyne, mm-hmm. she has an entry where we sat down and he told us all of yeah. his problems. Right. They have problems, too. Mm-hmm. But she's not writing about that in the diary. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, poor Doyne. I'm like, poor you, girl. But she, So this is just another. She's such a wonderful yeah. person. Yeah. We find out that she has a typewriter in her Aunt Edda's general store and post right. office, and she loves to type, yep. which is, I think is fun because she's a piano player and a type, typist, mm-hmm. which is cool. We start meeting some of the kids that they'll be hanging out with, including mm-hmm. a girl named Ruby Williamson. And there's a lot of work and a lot of wishing that she could get mail from her friends back in Bell. And we left it. The last episode, last entry was her saying, gosh, my life has changed since last year. I hope we will be in a home of our own real soon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, we've got a ways to go mm. for her. But what we haven't had a chance to talk about yet is the situation they're walking into. We did mention briefly, they're not tenant farmers. Right. They're just straight up laborers. Right. So I think we mentioned last time that Morris Hartzell, the patriarch of this family, My had great, already... Great- Great, great grandfather. Right. Mm-hmm. He had already divvied up the farm to his children. Right. So they all own acres and then they are leasing some of it to tenant farmers. Right. And a tenant farmer is different from a sharecropper. Correct. Do you know the yes. exact? Okay, tell me. A tenant farmer lives on the land and works and gets, as Elizabeth says, it's more like a barter system and they make money in the form of. The crops that they grow. Correct. And pick. So basically, they do end up kind of paying a rent in produce. Yes, exactly. Right. Yes. Um, But the tenant farmer, he has some control over what's grown on his patch. Yes. So he can grow, I mean, strawberries obviously is what is happening here, and that's the smart thing to grow. But they can kind of grow whatever they want, and then they They're responsible for- like distribution mm-hmm. and et cetera. Yeah, so it's almost like they own it, but mm-hmm. they just don't. Mm. Now, a sharecropper, yes. on the other hand, has a way worse deal. Totally. Yeah, do you they know about are, that? They get nothing. Yeah, well, they basically, they get to live on the land same as the tenant farmer, mm-hmm. but they have to buy the seeds, they Ooh, have to rent I didn't know that. the machinery, they don't own anything. Oh my God. And at the end of the year, once the produce, whatever they're told to plant mm-hmm. that they have to pay for, mm-hmm. if they don't have a good crop, then right. they're in debt. Uh-huh. And then they're stuck there. It's uh-huh. basically slavery. Yeah, it's awful. And I mean, a tenant farmer is not much better because if your, quote, rents at the end of the year, if your produce didn't mm-hmm. cover it, mm-hmm. you're still kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. But at least you have some control and you mm-hmm. can say, well, I'm going to take, I'm going to plant this much this year. I'm not going to plant that much of this and wait and plant yeah, more of that. Yeah, you have some sort of, yeah. you know, some sort of means of potential income. And it did seem, you know, very racially who's who no doubt yeah not that there weren't white sharecroppers and not that there weren't black tenant farmers correct but i think there's a clear i think it was 40 percent black and 60 percent white for tenant farmers really yes 
and then totally the opposite, probably for sharecroppers. Yeah. I've done a lot of actual of research on this. So we know kind of the atmosphere that she was moving into mm-hmm. in Step Rock when she moved from Bell to Step Rock. So, I mean, it was night and day. So for a laborer right. coming in, you're coming in with zero zilch nothing. Right. You probably don't have a place to stay. Right. They got lucky because it's family. So a well, lot of the these- family is letting them stay on, in their yard. Yeah. Well, I think the mom and dad might be in some right. kind of house, but the kid, the, the girls kids, are Elizabeth definitely- is staying in a tent. In a tent. But laborers, when they come in, they have zilch zero nothing. Right. They're like, please let me work. And they're like, okay. So they pop their tent up and mm-hmm. then they're in debt to the general store. Right. So they get paid not in dollar dollar bills, right. but in those in tickets. Yeah. Then then they have to go spend those tickets at the store. Right. But the store is real good about letting you buy on credit. Right. Because the they don't want you going up. anywhere. It's awful. And that's what happens to Elizabeth's family. And it's in the middle of the Great Depression. Suddenly, conditions were dire. So in 1935, uh-huh. the federal government, it was actually the Farm Security Administration. Mm-hmm. They sent out four to eight photographers, but the main four, one was Dorothea Lang, Russell, I forgot their names. Dorothea Lang is the name that I always have heard. Well, yeah, the famous photograph by her of the lady, you know, with that striking face, that's in California. Is it? Yeah, that's taken in, she was a migrant. Oh, that's but cool. These photographers and some of them were Walker Evans, Arthur Rothstein was one, I believe, Russell Lee, Dorothea Lang. Like I, I wonder said. how you got that job. Was there like well, an ad in the paper like needed? <clears throat> these were very um, I believe familiar names. Mm-hmm. And they were both black and white photographers. Really? Yes, which I found to be very interesting. Oh, me and too. There is this document that I found at the Library of Congress online, and it's one of the most interesting documents I've ever seen. When I came across it, I was just <laughs> about what? Well, it's about in the Farm and Security Administration in 1935 sent these photographers out because uh-huh. they noticed that these tenant farms and sharecropping farms were disappearing. What do you mean? They were, if you can imagine Elizabeth lived in a tent. Yes. That tent isn't there anymore. Sure. Nor are these little farm buildings, these little shacks, so these little are Aunt you saying Edda's that they, house. Ha- they were scaling back their farms and not using these no, kind of No, no, they were starving people. Oh. And, and, and FDR saw this. Somebody yes. showed him pictures, oh. and he saw these babies, you know, and, and so... And what was the reasoning behind why he did it? Because he wanted to show America, or yes. he wanted to say, go tell me what's really happening out there? Well, I think it was both. Uh-huh. I really think it was both. Yeah. I mean, it, America didn't know that this was going on at the time, and that's one reason they sent these photographers out, and these photographers oh, cool. went out, and it must have been like going, you know, like on a safari or something uh-huh, into uh-huh. this strange land. And what they found, they took, I want to say like a million plus photographs, but every wow. photograph, you know how you take a photograph and it goes, so it takes more than one. So they took oh. like over a million some of the same subjects that follow a family for a day on a really? tenant farm. So there are thousands of these photos. I wonder what these people thought about. Why are you photographing me? I think Get the out same of my thing. face. I, because the way we just talked about in our last bonus episode about Elizabeth and her family not really talking about this once mm-hmm. they're done with it and a little bit of shame factor. Right. right. They might have. I wonder how many people were like, whoa. Well, I can <laughs> tell you. Oh. Um, by looking at these photographs, I would say. Most of them are very grateful oh. 
you can just look in their eyes and just see like you see me you see yes <gasps> exactly Aww. yeah i know it's not yeah that's how it is so tell me what they did with so, all these pictures what they did is they took them around they put them on tour so like going to an art gallery yeah they were like at the met and really? all around the country was oh. the deal and they did one and this document that i'm referring to it was called the international Phot- photographic exposition okay and the, it was farm security administration those and what year was the exhibit eight, 1938 okay so it took them years yes it did wow. they had a lot to go through and it's yeah. funny some of these images that i come across have um hole punches in them like some really? guy's face will be punched out and Why? i'm like what and it's because they took those pictures and they uh, punched the, the bad ones yeah <laughs> oh so like maybe he was blurry and yeah, instead of whatever. just leaving the blurry face they just punched yes. a poor guy out yeah right. oh no so, <laughs> so i have a couple of ex-husband pictures i could do that with yeah, yes <laughs> yes yes that would fill a book though yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so the photographs so they went on tour basically mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there are i would say i don't know 70 or 80 of these photographs and you just i'm scrolling through some of them right now and yeah they're like you know kids just in flower sacks and i mean just as bad as you can imagine just looking dirty and look yeah skinny and, and just the we'll definitely put all of these yes on the patreon yeah. matter of fact we might dedicate a whole i think so post to it i think so because i mean because they're they're breathtaking they really are and it it's so interesting too how photography uh-huh. never really changes i mean right. there are trends in photography but real good photojournalism right. i mean gosh some of these like they are mothers there's a lot of young people mm-hmm. um the one of the migrant mother in california a lot of people living in tents in these photographs and so, i noticed there was one if i'm remembering it correctly mm-hmm. inside the house they had news Newspapers all over the absolutely. Walls. They use newspapers as like a buffer from the wind. Of course, that's all they had. That's all they. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Can so, you yeah. imagine? I mean, it's like a movie set. These these. It's true. Places. Yeah, yeah. I it mean, looks like some Steinbeck. Yes. Yeah, it, it sure really does. does. And so that, but like you said, a tenant farm was different than share sharecropper. This is a mix between sharecroppers and tenant farmers. So they're just going to all the poor yes, farming. Exactly. Areas. Okay. So how did America receive these pictures? That's the most interesting thing in my perspective. Because you, didn't you say that they had something like a book they where did. people could write like... A comment book. A, a comment book, like yes. going to a wedding and saying, Liz right. is here from Charleston. Yep. Okay, so what are what were the well, comments like? I found them to be absolutely fascinating. There uh-huh. are like 24 pages of comments and just on this one And were these from one exhibit? exhibit? Okay, one. one. Yeah. Do you know where it was? You know, I don't. That'd be interesting, it, too. I can, yeah. I'm like sure. if it was the one at the Met or if it was one in the South. I, I don't think, it, yeah. If we find out. I don't out, know. We'll, we'll find out. Yeah. Some of these comments, you want me to read a yes, few? Yes. They go from everything from, wow, this is, is life-changing okay. to stop wasting money on film. <sighs> That's taxpayers' dollars. Uh-huh. To, we need Hitler <gasps> in the United States. He'll take care of this. They <gasps> had this. Oh, yeah. A lot of. I'll read you. A few. Oh, no, oh, please do. Several. Please read me some of the actual ones. Yeah. Okay. So number. I've just got these out. Number 32. Too much waste of my a taxpayer's money. Oh, my um, God. And then most of them are like 
this one is revealing exceedingly so. And the majority of them are like, wow, I didn't know this was happening. Somebody do something to help these people now. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm, that's why mm -hmm. this particular exhibit changed the way America thought about sharecroppers and tenant farms. That's interesting. Now, let me, I'm probably going to ask you a question you are not prepared for me to ask. So I can cut this if you don't know. Okay. What was the result of this? Did anything change? Yes. Some things did change. Like um, legislation let, well, or grants? There were projects. What this did was the Works Project Administration, uh-huh. did. they had projects, right? Sure, they, sure. And one of them, just off the top of my head, one of them was to provide lumber. Okay. To farms and people who didn't have homes. Oh, so they could get out of the tent. Correct. Yes, and get a stable house that was like stable lumber. So Uh they put not only the lumberjacks to work, but they put the railroad to work to get the lumber from point A to point B. And this was all government that came in after, literally after this photograph exhibit. I think some things were done before, but because the government saw it before the public did. Right. But the general idea is that nobody knew this was going on. So, yeah. Well, of so, course not. They didn't have social media. They didn't have television exactly. news. Exactly. Breaking news. Um, some of the other ones, excellent. Um, let's see. Why the hell isn't something being done about it? Strikingly mm. photographed, but pitiful. Mm. I wish these photographs would be widely more distributed. Yes. There are millions of people who would be interested and influenced by them. The I say the power of photographs. This is a testament to that. Of course. So here's one of the Hitler ones. We sure need a Hitler. If he comes over, I know a plenty who would vote for him. What? Yep. That's number 50. That's it's so all scary. Around. And then superb. Keep it up. What a complete record in book form. And it says uh, another one. 55. I think we need a Hitler. Oh. <gasps> yep. I cannot believe... Now, of course, this is before they know what he's really up to, if this is 1938. Yes, but it goes to show you how Mm -hmm. influenced people can be. I know. Can you imagine looking back in history, loving Hitler? But even even looking at these... That's something to tell your right? But even Mm -hmm. looking at these pictures, not going, well, they're Mm -hmm. just working hard, saying like, let's just... uh, What did they think Hitler was going to do? Well, they thought... I I think they were just so enamored with the power of Hitler that he Mm -hmm. could come over here and I mean his speeches it. were on our radios because mm. Roosevelt there's your grandmother will mention it in a diary entry mm-hmm. Roosevelt makes a speech about him and then Hitler responds in his own speech and she mm-hmm. hears it with her husband mm-hmm. and I can't imagine what it was but it's on YouTube uh, the speeches mm-hmm. uh-huh yeah 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 that's how I found out I, about I was it. stunned by the Hitler comments here um, uh, somebody said propaganda was the number 66. You know, nothing changes, Mark. Exactly. I, you know, every time, and this is what I'm, you know, we're not that kind of podcast, but for the people who are like, I'm so scared and everything's going wrong. They were thinking that in 1930. They were thinking that in 1900. They were definitely thinking that in 1861. So as as much as things change, everything stays the same. Right, right, right. I I personally take a lot of comfort in that because whenever Mm -hmm. I think, oh, this is a a really scary time, I think, well, we'll get through it. Mm -hmm. We are humanity. Mm -hmm. And eventually bad things happen and good things come from them. I Mm -hmm. mean, Hitler didn't make it. He did a lot of damage, mm-hmm. but we were able to finally shut that man down. Right. And I think when pure evil raises its head, it's going to eventually be shut down. Yeah, I think so. I and so. I, I think America waited too long to get into that war, but well, yeah, that's another podcast. It, that's the podcast my dad would have listened to. World War mm-hmm. II. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, they, those are fascinating. Yeah. And you know what? What we might do is maybe put some of those on the Patreon, too. Just in, Oh, in, in, the great idea. Yeah, yeah, because these are pictures you're looking at? Yes. So we can just do some screenshots. Totally. I so, that, so that people believe us. <laughs> but I know. this is all in the Library of Congress, right? Yes. This is if where you, you want to see this, are we uh-huh. back on the air? We're on, yeah. <laughs> if you want to see this, Never it's left. at the Library of Congress. Uh-huh. And if you search the Farm Security Administration photographs in the first international photographic exhibition in 1938. Oh, I can remember that. Yeah, search that. We'll just give, just yeah, give it a goog. I'm sure it'll come up. You found it. Someone will find it. Oh, I'm, But yeah. it's fascinating. It's fascinating. So mm-hmm. I like to, I, well, I mean, now when we imagine what Elizabeth is going through and all the people around her, those images are great ones to keep in your heads Mm -hmm. because this isn't pretty. This isn't like Paris Hilton and, you know, the other girl going working on a farm for a reality show. This is this is real life and they're working hard. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to hop right back into it. May 8th, 1932. Leon and I went to Sunday school with John. Gurley, Ethel, and Aunt Delia. Came by and got Francis. We ate dinner at their house. We four girls went to Judsonia with Edith, her husband, and Alma Jean. We went out into the country, and he stopped by an old house. Then we went to his brother's house. I sure don't like him. Doyne went home yesterday. We came back and sat out under the tree. So we got a lot of names. <laughs> John, Gurley, Ethel, Delia. Yes. Edith. Yeah. But we're going to start with Delia because that's her aunt. Okay. And that's Louie's sister. Now, Louie had a lot of siblings. Yes. Um, but this is his aunt Delia. And she's your great aunt. She was born in August 18th of 1876. Mm-hmm. And she married a man named Parks Bird. Mm-hmm. In 1892, when she was 16 years old. Right. I mean, it happened. Yeah, it did. But it's still so hard to read that. I know. I have a daughter who's 17. I know, right? I just, it's so hard. Uh, but that was common. Of, of you course. You look at the I censuses, mean, she's, sensei yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and they want her out of the house and give her to somebody else. She's a mouth that he has to feed now. Because, oh, I mean, she was one sure. of so many children. Mm. But together, she and Parks Bird will have nine children. Mm. Here are some of their names. Prince, Leonard, Gurley. Lillian, Alma, Edith, Elsie, John Eugene, and Ethel. <laughs> wow. Looks like at the end John there, Eugene. she gets an affinity for names that start with E's. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. But that's kind of cute. But Parks, her husband, uh-huh. will die in March of 1929. Oh, no. I know. That's another one that we'll, we're going to meet somebody uh-huh. else who dies right before the Great Depression. So that's real bad timing. Yeah. And I can't find out how he died. Mm-hmm. But uh, dang, good thing so, they had all those kids who could work the farm because that's exactly what they'll be doing. And she mentions Aunt Delia a lot in the the diary. She does. She does. And we talk a lot about how when especially when we were first reading the diary, how these people are making them sleep in a tent. But right. actually what they're doing is incredibly generous. There he Louis is so lucky mm-hmm. that he had a family with a kind of successful farm, right. a place to go. Mm-hmm. Some people would have been rolling up to a stranger's they, farm. They were on the side of the road. Yeah. Some of these pictures. I know, I know. So they're actually very lucky and yeah. that we have to always kind of keep that in our right. heart. But Aunt Delia will live to be eighty eight years old. Nice. That's good. That's good for having all those kids as a woman Seriously. with your body. And going through that tenant farm. Oh, I know. She dies in the Oakdale Nursing Home in 1964. Hmm. 
And the other folks that are mentioned in this entry are Aunt Delia's children. Mm-hmm. So John was one of them, and that mm-hmm. was the John Eugene Bird, and he was born on December 3rd of 1911. Remember okay. that date, December 3rd, 1911, okay. it comes back. Okay. Um, he marries a girl named Opal Milliken in 1934. She is a school teacher, and they move to Judsonia, which isn't too far away from the farm. Mm-hmm. And they have a son named Eugene and a daughter named Mary. And you know what? I looked up their kids, because mm-hmm. I don't know, I look at everything, yeah. and I think they're still alive. Really? Because I can't find anything about them. And Ancestry doesn't really do much about young living people. Right. I mean, there's no 2020 census or 2010 census on Ancestry. No. There's there's nothing past 1950 on census records yet. I didn't ever notice that. Yeah, because if I could just have access to the 1960 census, I could learn a lot of things. Really? But yeah, I don't don't Do we not have access to that? They just haven't gotten that far yet. Uh, I don't think. Or at least I don't have it. For okay. anybody. Yeah, so I can't find anything about them, mm-hmm. but they were born in the 1940s. So, of course, okay. they could still be very alive and healthy. And John will work as a carpenter, and he owns his own business, mm-hmm. and he dies in 1977. Okay. And it is interesting, the Bird family and the Proud yeah. family will get into some building opportunities. And Uncle Barney mm-hmm. that we're going to meet later, yep. there's some construction company business going on okay. with this family after the Depression, which is kind of cool. Neat. And then we're going to meet Gurley. Gurley is you know, another one of Delia's children and she was born mm. on December 3rd 1911 oh. because she's John's twin John's, sister oh. so now we have okay so we, we, twins usually skip a generation yeah but we, this has not because Etta oh. and Netta are twins and now their sister had twins so there's two pairs of twins yeah I mean they're just Louis. twins going I mean twins are like your mom <laughs> my mom's a twin twins are everywhere they are it's, I would be terrified to marry into your family <laughs> <laughs> so Gurley is 21 years old when we meet her in this entry mm-hmm. and she will marry in 1934 to a man named Lynn Van Meter they'll also live in Judsonia her husband is a truck driver <laughs> and she dies in 1978 one year after her twin dies and she never had children maybe she was afraid of having twins yes seriously (laughs) i'll be like um i'll get a dog and she was elizabeth's cousin she was elizabeth's first cousin first cousin. yeah all these girly what i'm finding in uh uh, she spends a lot of time with family even like in later entries when i'm trying to find people Uh before i'm like before i just go looking for a rando Mm -hmm. let me go look at the family tree and see if this is a cousin and nine times out of ten it is so (laughs) this is this is making my work a lot easier But there was also a young lady named Ethel in the car. And Mary Ethel Bird was born in 1915. She also gets Mm. married in 1934. So this was a big year for marriages in the Bird family. She's 19 when she gets married, so Mm -hmm. I can accept that. And she marries a man named Howard Lewis. And they move to Mountain View, Arkansas. And they have two daughters, Mm -hmm. LaDonna and LaMonda. Really? <laughs> yes. I love this those is, names. <laughs> Ethel had LaDonna and LaMonda? Yeah. You know those names? Not at all. Okay. <laughs> I'm just curious. Were they twins? Nope. Nope. No. They're oh. a couple years apart. She just likes LaMonda and Laman- LaDonna and LaManda or LaMonda. <laughs> I'm a teacher and I just, sometimes you just can't remember names anymore but I know. that's an old that, name i you'd, guess you'd remember that one I, I don't know that's a super fun name so interesting okay. i know I, I guess she just thought donna and amanda and just gave uh, them an l no. you know LaDonna, LaMonda. LaDonna. i don't know I, I think it's a nice little country name sure in 1950 ethel is working as a laborer in a pot and pan factory but then she goes to beauty school mm-hmm. and she come becomes a beautician in shelbyville 
which is right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And she dies in 1998. And when I read her obituary, it says that she survived by uh, her daughters and one of her siblings. Who was that? Do you know? It was Lillian. Who we're going to meet so later. So it would be Louis. So Louis was gone. Uh, Barney, was gone. Uncle Aunt Etta, Aunt Netta. And there was she, one. There, yeah, then there, then there was then one. Then there was one. Little Lillian, who we'll meet later. Um, but also, this is a big car. Ethel <laughs> is in this car. And she's, she marries a man who's like 13 years older than her. And his name is Connie Overstreet. And he's a farmer. And they'll have three children together. He's the one that Elizabeth doesn't like. I mean, mm-hmm. she's in the car and she's like, I don't like him. Yeah. So I don't know what he did to her or maybe he's a jerk. But anyway, she doesn't like him. So that's Edith's husband. But then this is the most interesting person in this car. Yeah. They mention Alma Jean. Yeah. Now, I look her up and there is mm-hmm. an Alma in the family, but her name is Alma Louise. Uh-huh. And she's about uh, Elizabeth's age or a little older. She's a member of the Bird family. But this girl, Alma Jean, yeah. her last name is Brown. Okay. And in this entry, she's only three or four years old. Okay. She'll actually end up living with Gurley and her husband. Ah. And in 1940, she's a 12-year-old girl living with Gurley and her husband. She's okay. still Alma Jean Brown. Well, who is she? I, well, I mean, who are her parents? Do we know? She? Why did she go to... Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Live with, I mean, she went into Gurley's house. I think she's Gurley's daughter. Oh, like an out of wedlock, but you're keeping that baby. I got it, or maybe something happened. They were just babysitting all machine. I think she was just, I think she just got pregnant and there wasn't a man around. And what were you going to do? Yeah, you're not, you're going to put it up for adoption, right? Right. I mean, there are no options. None. So you keep that baby. Of course. Alma Jean Brown. I so see. that's all that I, because Gurley never had any other children. <clears throat> Is she on the census, Alma Jean? Yeah. Uh-huh. Alma Jean Brown. Brown? Yeah. I have not, I'm not well, familiar and, with that. In, and in so the I thought maybe I'll go Brown. to try to find, yeah, there's no way to know who Gurley ever dated. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go just put Brown and Step Rock in the census because right. that's going to give me. A million right. people. So that's kind of a family mystery that I thought was really interesting. Yeah. But Alma Jean gets married in 1949 mm-hmm. to a man named Jack Francis Reed. That She moves to Oklahoma. He sells furniture for a living. They have one son. And of course, I don't know anything about him because I can't find any censuses about him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Alma Jean. That Alma was Jean. the most interesting person in that car. 
And then, of course, she says Doyne is going uh, back home at the end of that entry. Doyne, her cousin. Her cousin. Have you ever heard that name before now? Doyne? No. I hadn't. So she talks that, you know, Doyne, who is Aunt Netta's son, is going home. And actually, they lived in Big Creek, Arkansas, which is, it's all the same. I mean, Big Creek is Pangburn. Mm -hmm. Bald Knob is... Mm-hmm. Judsonia. I mean, it's just like, I can't keep this straight. I need an old map. Mm-hmm. Anyway, his father worked for the Census Bureau. Oh, Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. And yes. So some of the censuses were reading, he might have done. It was his handwriting. Isn't that something? I know. That's and really that's a cool. pretty good job to have. Temporary, of course. Right. So, like, literally in 1940, his job is census worker. Isn't but what was something? it in We've 1941? Doyne's father's yeah. handwriting. So I think that's pretty cool. So they're huh. sending him to the farm to help. Yeah. And dad's got a job for at least a year. And she, Doyne is the one sh- that he spills all his troubles to yes. Elizabeth. Yes, and probably taught them how to pick strawberries and shot that yeah. big snake. Shot the black snake. So we love Doyne. Doyne's oh, a hardworking young man. Yep. Yep. So there we have it. May 9th, 1932. Picked 30 quarts of berries today. Herman brought us our lunch in Carl's car. Frouds ate with us. It started raining in the afternoon, so we had to stop for a while. They killed a big black snake in the patch this afternoon. Dean, Billy, and I sat on the store porch tonight. I've made $1.64 since I started picking. So we're going to count the quarts. Yeah, but it's is that that seems like a lot of money from May 2nd to May 9th. That's a week, and she made $1.64. That's a lot of work. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know what they were paying for, like, I don't know, per pound. or That's how they, yeah, definitely. But good for on. her. That's money for her family. Right. Obviously, we'll find out later. It's not cash money. Right. But she's earned, she's ticking away, and, yep. good, and she's proud of herself, and that's good. And I have a really good hit on who Herman was who okay. brought them their lunch. Right. So I found Herman Stanley Brumlow. Okay. He was born in October of 1899, mm. and in the 1930 census, he's living in White County, and he's a laborer on a farm. Yeah. So that makes sense. He has a wife and three kids, Lucille, Walter, and Clarence. And I do think we'll meet Lucille in later uh-huh. um, entries. But in 1940, he's still listed as a laborer on a farm. So it mm-hmm. looks like it's probably our guy. Mm-hmm. But he dies in 1949 at the age of 50. Mm-hmm. And on his death certificate, they, they said he died of natural causes. Huh. What the hell is natural at, at 50? Huh. I mean, and struck that's by all lightning. they put? That's all you. they put. So hmm. they didn't say whether he had heart failure or what. But 19, I mean... I'm 55. Yeah. I mean, no, there's nothing. (laughs) (laughs) There's no, like, oh, she just got real tired. (laughs) Right, right, at 50. (laughs) Which happened. So I think that was weird. So there you go. And then I found a couple of billies. Mm -hmm. And she's talking to, you know, this billy on the store porch. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think what helped me find it is when she talked about the store porch. So I figured he either has something to do with the farm or the store. Mm -hmm. And there is a Billy I found who would have been 17 years old (laughs) when this entry was written. And his name is Billy Patterson. And he's not on the census as Bill or William. It's straight out Billy. Mm -hmm. So that helps me. And his dad was a wholesale grocer. 
And since they're sitting on the store, store. porch, I'm wondering if maybe his dad was there right. doing some business. Billy's helping with the truck. Dropping off they the They show up with groceries. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's who he is. So we're going to keep an eye open for Billy, see if he comes back around. And the store is right next to where the tent was. It's pretty close. It's pretty close. Yeah. yeah. You've done a real good job of putting yeah. that map together on the TikTok. So, yeah. guys, if you haven't seen our TikToks, Mark has done an amazing job of putting the houses, mm-hmm. the old pictures of, like, first of all, the ha- farmhouse house that was really there, and then other houses is from that era and really recreating the farm for you. Yeah. It's like it's like a movie set. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. So you should definitely be checking that out. And maybe one of these days we should put one of those on our Patreon mm-hmm. just so people can get an idea of mm-hmm. all the brilliant editing you do. Because y'all, this is, this is a fun podcast. It's an amazing visual. Mm. May 10th, 1932. Picked 16 quarts today. May 12th, 1932. Doyne brought his car so we got to ride to the patch with him. I picked seven quarts this morning and six quarts this afternoon. Wish I'd get some mail. May 13th, 1932. Helen was sick today. I read to her and Dean. Got a letter from Bill. Sat by the tent tonight and feel... Oh, I don't know what. May 14th, 1932. Went to the patch this morning and got 11 quarts. Doyne brought us home to dinner and took us back. I picked three quarts, and then I was feeling so bad I burped up my dinner. Sat around the shed a while. Doyne was going home, so he brought me back. I lay outside, didn't eat supper, bathed, and then going to bed. Doyne brought me another letter from Bill. It was all songs. We got one from Lil, too. May 17, 1932. Picked ten quarts of berries at Mr. Meyer's patch this morning. Went over to Uncle Clyde's patch, and I packed three cases. Didn't pick this afternoon. Stayed over at the store. Francis and I stayed outside and sang on the stile. The moon is so pretty tonight. It's almost full. It's a lot of work. Yeah. That's every, I mean, a lot of work. She says, you know, Doyne picks her up for dinner. Dinner for them is lunch. Right. So he's picking her up. She's going home. She has a little lunch break. That's their big meal of the day. She's going back to work. That's that's a lot. It's a and lot. And to think, okay, so this is the middle of May in Arkansas. Yeah. It's probably getting hot. Probably, right. you know, 70, 75, 80. Right. I mean, that's a lot. But she talks about going to Mr. Myers Patch. We met Mr. Myers in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. He's a tenant farmer. Right. He's raising his family there. And he's the one that has the musical yes. at his house. So yes. he and his wife love the music. May 18th, 1932. Picked 12 quarts of berries. Francis and I packed at Uncle Clyde's, then all us Hartzels picked berries to preserve. When I read that, mm-hmm. I was like, so do they get like free picking where they can go and make their own preserves, or are they making these for the store? Oh, I good would, question. I wonder if it is for the store, because first of all, you need the mason jars, you need the boiling stuff, mm-hmm. you need whatever it is you put mm-hmm. in. Pre- I've never made preserves in my life. Mm-hmm. I think I did once in the Girl Scouts, mm-hmm. but I let the leader do it, and I just mm-hmm. ate them later. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was really interesting, too. Yeah. So it's almost like now you have to, because there are women... You know, the men probably go back to picking and the women are like, now you come and help all yep. this boiling and cleaning these mason jars. And I mean, a woman's work is never done. Right. They probably had a kitchen house oh, for outside sure. of the tent and outside of Aunt Etta's house. For maybe. sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely outside of Aunt Etta's house. And yeah. maybe even <clears throat> something, you know, for the store. Who's to yeah, say? I know. Yeah, right. But I thought, you know, but when she was like, all us heart souls. I'm like, oh, they're all out there. Leon, everybody working. And Helen and... Um, little Helen and Dean, who are just, who are what, like they're eight and seven ten? Seven and eight or whatever. They're little kids. Yeah. 
out there picking for money <sighs> or tickets. Yeah, well, yeah, paying off credits. That. Yeah. May 19th, 1932. Francis and I went to Ethel's tonight. Prince and Connie took us girls to Judsonia. We went to the carnival, rode the tilt-a-whirl with Francis and the girls, saw Tommy and Frank Stewart. Connie is that husband that she doesn't like. Mm. The Connie Overstreet. Okay. She's like, I don't like him. Right. So he's taking him to the fair. Maybe she's getting over it. <laughs> okay. And Prince, uh, uh-huh. we haven't officially met him yet, but Prince is Prince Alva Bird. Uh-huh. So he's one of Delia's children, Ooh. born in June of 1901. He marries a Luveca Simons. <laughs> Luveca. Luveca. We're getting some good names on this episode. Seriously. He gets married also in 1934. Mm-hmm. It's like the birds hmm. were like, okay, kids. You're getting married and you're leaving in 1934. We want to see none of you again. And they got busy. So that's crazy. I wrote in my notes, did someone lose a bet or something? (laughs) Right. But in the 1940 census, he's listed as a day worker on a farm. So I Mm. guess he's still working with the family. And in the 1950 census, he's 48 years old and he and Luveca have not had any children. So they pack up and move to California. Mm -hmm. He's working in the cotton industry, running Mm. a gin. Makes sense. And the company is called the Cotton Oil. Packers. I've also found him in a 1955 phone book living in Kokomo, Indiana. So they, I guess they moved around a lot. They yeah. went where the farming was. Right. He dies in 1975. He's buried in Judsonia. His wife dies mm. in 2002. Mm-hmm. And I don't see any ev- evidence that she remarried. Hmm. So 75 to 2002. And we huh. don't get a last name for Tommy yet. Oh. But we will meet Tommy ah, later. We sure will. Yes. But he is with his friend, Frank. And I definitely found him. His name was Frank Stewart. Yeah. He was born in 1915 in uh-huh. Bald Knob, Arkansas, right. which is right around the corner yeah. from where they're living now. And he registers for the draft in World War II. Mm-hmm. He, at the time, he's working for a, a trucking company out of Memphis, Tennessee. And he's married to a young lady named Lila Nell that he had married in 1936. And they have two children. I don't know how he dies, but he dies in 1954. And Lila Nell will remarry in 1990 Whoa. at the age of 82 <laughs> to a man named Alfred Gray, who is 70 years old. Good for them. And his wife had died in 1990. So and when that did man he get married again? In 1990. Wait so a minute. This, yes, the same this, year? Yes. This man, hmm. I don't know if she, I don't know, he just can't do without a wife. But within the same well, year, he loses a wife and gets a new 70, 82-year-old one. Oh. Wow. <laughs> so maybe Lala was just lonely and she's like, okay. But I mean, I, I will not be marrying at 82. Seriously. Seriously. I won't be marrying at 52. Hold my hand, kiss, kiss my cheek, and let's go to the movies, but get your mm-hmm. mitts off of me. I am 82 years old. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, and I have a picture of her. Oh. So that will be on our Patreon. Another At the five dollar level. Thing about they went to a carnival. Yes, and rode I, the tilt a whirl. I yeah. don't know how much I would trust that tilt a whirl oh, in nineteen. 19- I found some fo- uh, some photos of the tilt a whirl. Oh, then, you did. You are right not to trust it. Uh, it looks, I don't trust any fair uh, thing. Me either. Even today, there's this one uh, ride at our carnival uh, called the Mouse Trap, and mm-hmm. you get into like this little looks like a cheese wedge, mm-hmm. and you ride this thing. I call it the cheese slice of death. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I've, I've ridden it one time, Yikes. and I will never ride it again. Yuck. Oh God, so scary. May 20th, 1932. I was reading in the store, and who should come in but Mr. Tommy Bird himself in person. He was all slicked up, and there I was all dirty. 
We spoke, that was all. I cleaned up and was in front of the store, and he came down there. I have a date with Tommy on Sunday. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So Tommy's a bird, but he's not one of Delia's children. Yes. He's a cousin of all those kids, so this isn't too close to family. Right. She's not dating a cousin, but Tommy is sticking around for a while, so we're not going to give him his farewell ending until that time is right. So buckle up, y'all. And Tommy Here comes Tommy Bird. Up. Tommy is incredibly handsome. Yeah. He is as hot as fire. Yeah. And we will definitely, we should put that on the Patreon at a $50 level, because he's hot <laughs> as fire. Tommy but we will definitely have his picture there because woof. Yeah. But, you know, I guess she's not thinking about Gussie and Bill anymore. Right. She seems to have a short <laughs> It's okay. Memory. They are a hundred miles. They're more than a hundred miles away. Yeah. <laughs> May 21st, 1932. Went to the patch and picked three quarts. Went with the others over to Uncle Clyde's patch. Then came home with them. Got a letter from Bill. He sent me a bell banner. So that's the newspaper from Bell. Back in Bell. So I guess, and I'm wondering if it has something to do with his dad. Right. Who was his dad? Well, we talked about his dad a couple episodes ago, but no, no, perfect to bring it back up. His dad was a politician and a judge in Bell. He will end up being a state representative. Mm -hmm. And in 1932, he's running for office. Right. So the elections haven't happened yet because it's May, but I guarantee you that's why he sent like, look at my dad. And what I'm thinking is, I wonder if he sent it to her because it's a picture of like dad and his family, like a politician takes. And then I'm like... The Bell Banner is not on newspapers.com. No, it's not. And I need to go to Bell, Missouri. I know. And find the library. Like I said a couple episodes ago, their number is disconnected. So I need to just... I don't know. I need to call City Hall. Bell, so if anybody knows where the be- old bell banners are, let us know. Uh, they've got to be. Bell, I mean, Missouri. hopefully they're at least microfiche. That's what I'm hoping. And maybe they charge a little bit of money and they'll go through and look at that, things for me. If we could find the bell banner. But I've got dates. I want I want obituaries. I want pictures. Yeah. I want the social column. Yeah. Anyway. May 22nd, 1932. I guess it wasn't ever meant for me to go with Tommy. I got ready to go to the picnic this morning, sat out under a cedar tree, and was reading. Daddy called me away. Francis and I went to see Gurley. Tommy was supposed to take me out, but didn't. So on May 21st, there was Tommy, and then on May 22nd, no longer Tommy. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, actually, uh, they were, well, they were supposed to have... They, she has a date with him on Sunday, uh-huh. and then the next day... She doesn't see him at all. So I don't know what days of the week are happening. Right. But I guess this May 22nd must be near Sunday because she's not working. Right. I guess I could ask Alexa, but I don't have an Alexa in this room. So yeah. we'll just pretend that we know that. So, yeah. So why do these boys keep standing her up? Bill did the same thing in Bell. But Intimidated. here's the next entry. We might learn a little something. May 23rd, 1932. Went to the berry patch and picked nine quarts at Myers Patch. Had to go by myself to the patch. Francis was sick. When Leon brought me the lunch, Francis came. We packed over at Uncle Clyde's. Tommy took Ruby Warden to youth group last night. He told me about it. Came home and finished reading. Tommy passed by after supper in a truck that had been to town and waved at me. Francis and I sat on the store porch and harmonized songs tonight. Good one. Tommy! 
Seriously, Tommy. What the hell? He asked her. It, he didn't take her. And then he takes Ruby Warden. So I had to find this Ruby. hoe. I'm just kidding. Of course, she's not. <laughs> she's not. I'm sure she's very lovely. Yeah. And her children are beautiful. <laughs> but Ruby is 17 years old in this entry in mm-hmm. 1932. Mm-hmm. She was born on July 7th in 1914. And in the 1930 census, she's already listed as a laborer on a farm. Yeah. So girl's been working for probably years. I noticed that her father wasn't in the 1930 census, and he had already died. Died. Mm. He was 57 years old when she was born. Wow. And her mom was 42. So that's a Yikes. late surprise baby. And he's already dead by 1930. Sure. Yeah. So poor guy. She marries a man named Ruby. Yeah. Marries a man named Warren Sutton sometime in the 1940s. I can't find their marriage records, but she's single in 1940 and married in 1950. But the marriage doesn't last long. He dies in 1956 mm. at only 51 years old of cirrhosis. Uh oh. That's liver. Yeah. That's he's a drinker. Right. Uh and it's the it's prohibition. Right. So he's probably drinking that bad liquor we talked about right. when the people were walking funny mm-hmm. and how bad the liquor was mm-hmm. in rural areas because they just weren't mm-hmm. good at it and Poison. they weren't distilling it. Well, yeah, and they were God knows what they were putting in it. Absolutely. Leftover gasoline. Uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. Mm-hmm. So that's really sad. Yes. But he did die in a sanatorium. He they they sent him away to one of those tuberculosis sanatoriums hmm. that all the ghost hunting shows go to now. Okay. They're like the yes. Pennsylvania Asylum. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So he died in one of those. But what's really interesting is that shortly after he dies, mm-hmm. they they don't cure tuberculosis, but they've come up with a treatment plan now where people don't have to be sent away to sanatoriums anymore. Huh. So, yeah, he just missed it. But tuberculosis is uh, contagious. Mm-hmm. Before 1950, the only way they knew how to treat it was to send them away for fresh air. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, let me see. So before 1956, treatment was fresh air, bed rest, and drug therapy. Can I have tuberculosis? Because it <laughs> really? sounds like vacation to me. <laughs> you could have tuberculosis for anywhere from 10 months to two years. Yikes. I know. Years. I know. But anyway, it doesn't sound, I mean, you're coughing a lot, but right? you get to relax. May 24th, 1932. Read and finished my book this morning. Sat out in the yard with Carlotta this afternoon. Girlie and Ethel came up here. Francis and we three sat around and talked. Tommy came up to the store. He came out and talked to me. May 25th, 1932. Worked in the store this morning. Tommy came to write a letter and mail it. He talked to me and asked me for a date Friday night. May 28th, 1932. Went to Circe with Tommy this afternoon. He asked me if I wanted him to come back, and I told him I surely did. So I hope he does. I like him real well. I hope I get to go with him a lot. I was supposed to dream of my husband last night, but I didn't. May 1932, first month in Step Rock. I have made about $8 by real work, but I've got another flame, a cute bird, and I sure do like him. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. June 16th, 1932. Francis and I got up early and went to Searcy. We fooled around town... Then they took me to Swan's, played the piano with Wanda, got dinner ready. Francis wasn't there, so Swan, Wanda, and I went riding. Saw Tommy at the Piggly Wiggly. And that's the picture that we have of Tommy. Because at a Piggly Wiggly. Kroger. Oh, he's at a Kroger in yeah. that picture. Oh, yeah. Well, he worked in grocery stores, I guess, then. Yeah. All, well, I think we find out later he did work in grocery stores. Yeah. All his life. So this is where we meet Swan and Wanda. Yep. And these are cousins of Elizabeth. Yep. And their father is Barney Hartzell, Louis's brother. So we're going to learn more about him in later diary entries. But Swan was born in 1915. In 1942, she married a man named Charles Jimerson and already divorced him in 1946. <sighs> oh, I'd love to know why. Uh, in 1950, she has married a man named L.A. Wolverton. And I thought, well, what does the L.A. stand for? I don't know. Uh Even on his tombstone, (laughs) it just says L.A. So I don't know. They have one son named Gary, who's born in 1954. Miss Swan dies at the age of 84. And I have a picture of her. And she was beautiful. I came across a picture as well. It was sent to me by by Cousin Ruth. (gasps) And I can tell you this about Swan. Uh, She looked like a Fun person. What makes you say that? It was Grandpa Morris Hartzell's 92nd birthday party where okay. these photographs were taken. And oh, there was right. Aunt Etta, Aunt Netta, mm-hmm, Grandpa, mm-hmm. Louie, all of them lined up. And all of the cousins. Okay. Um, Reva, all of them. <gasps> oh, I got to have this who picture. Who will meet. And they were all pretty staunch looking, you know. Uh-huh, I mean, uh-huh. small, you know, smiles on their face. But boy... Swan, she was like, yeah, woohoo, her (laughs) dress just flowing, and she was Barney's daughter, like you said. Yes, yes. And Swan was quite the character, I can just tell by looking at her. Oh, I cannot wait to have both of those pictures. I think the one I found was from her obit. Okay. I'm not that how, she's 82. How, how old do you, know you know? how they do in obits. They'll put a picture when you're 50. Yeah. And then you look in the paper and go, oh, that 50-year-old. Then like, right. 105. You're like, well, I'd like to see him at 105. I mean, right. you know. Anyway, but her sister Wanda was mm-hmm. born March 1st in 1922, and she married a man named Niall Fordham in the 1940s, and they moved to Texas because he was in the military. Mm. He dies in 1987, but she lives till 2005. Wow. So many years past uh, her beautiful sister. Swan, and that's where you have it. June 25th, 1932. Mother and I made two Devil's Foods cakes to sell in the store today, but no one bought them. Francis and I have planned some good plots for stories, but it's getting them written that's the trouble. Francis and I sat up in the tent and talked over bad times. Tommy came over tonight. Okay, 
in our last TikTok live, we made a devil's food cake. Yes, we did. It was did. the biggest comedy of errors. <laughs> I, I mean, I just loved it. It was chaotic. And we made the best freaking devil's food cake ever good. because we accidentally also added three cups. Okay, this wasn't we. So <laughs> can we? Yeah. So rephrase. Okay, okay. Um, take two. Yeah. So I, totally <laughs> on purpose, added three <laughs> yeah. cups of confectioner right. sugar. <laughs> And I'm telling you that cake was delicious, but was. I did I did Put hear the icing in the cake. Okay, but I have heard from your mother and your aunt that yeah. they did not get a piece of this cake. Did oh, you eat it all? No. Did you not eat it at all and say I'm getting rid of this before I eat all not the sugar? Not at all. I just have I not delivered it yet. Okay. Because <laughs> I have some of mine left. No, I have so, some. Okay, good. Yeah. Because they, I just want them to at least taste okay. it. It doesn't have to be like a full-on slice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because yeah, I yeah. was like, ooh, no, child, I I'll bring you some. I have not delivered it yet. Well, I'm telling you, I'm going to always make that cake. Yeah. And do it and just put, like that. And Why put not? the confectioner sugar in <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I'll serve it with a little Cool Whip or a little powdered sugar oh, on top. Oh, my God. Well, it has plenty of powdered sugar. Mm. But anyway, that's hilarious. But it made me sad that they didn't sell those cakes. So I hope right. they just ate them, ate their feelings. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you just think like, oh, we'll make some money. Mm-hmm. But who could afford a devil's food cake? Mm-hmm. Oh, it made me sad. July 27th, 1932. Just finished the dishes. I'm so tired. Tommy made me so mad last night. He had been drinking. I am disgusted with him. Yeah, so we're back to her hating drinking. So I'm tell us you, about what she thinks about drinking. Yeah, not not good. In the last episode, we talked about Bill drinking and making yeah. her mad, and everybody drinking will make her mad in the yeah. future. Yeah. So um, <laughs> poor Tommy. He's like, I'm just trying to relax. <laughs> <laughs> June 28, 1932. Francis and I sat in the tent and read over my diary of the good old days in Bell. Tommy came over to the store, but I didn't talk to him. Okay, I'm going to pause right here. Yeah. Francis and I sat in the tent and read over my diary. So for any of you haters out there who are like, (laughs) your grandma should whoop your butt. Okay, she's letting her sister read them. Right. And everybody knows she has them. Right. So, okay, back to the story. (laughs) June 29th, 1932. Thought Tommy would come over here tonight. And sure enough, I heard his truck coming. He drove past here and we went to Mr. Jivens. Then he came back. Francis and I were singing in the yard. He and Francis fought a while. Then she left, and we just talked. Another month wasted away. Yikes. So, uh, yeah, I guess Francis came out. You can't come to stay by my sister if you're a drinker, yeah. and you need to leave her alone, right. and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. oh, my God, you're so handsome. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Which is how it would have ended if I, I would have <laughs> Yeah, who, who didn't? But that's where we're wrapping up today. Just another month yeah. wasted away in be- in uh, Step Rock. In Step Rock. So she's in a tent. She, at least she's got a real cute boyfriend right now. If he would just stay off uh, the evil hooch. <laughs> but yeah, so we've yeah. She just got there in May. This is the end of June. So buckle mm. up, y'all. Yeah, there's a lot coming. Yes. Um, if you are enjoying this podcast, please go to whatever site you are listening to it on and give us five stars. Write us a little uh, review. And I was thinking the other day, I would love it if your review comments weren't even about the show. Either tell us what you'd like us to do on a TikTok Live, or we do them on Facebook as well. Mm -hmm. Tell me your favorite kind of cake. What's your favorite ice cream? Hey, how about your favorite color? It would give me no more pleasure than to scroll through our reviews and say, see things like Rocky Road, pink, Uh yellow, and have all the people who haven't listened yet go, what? (sighs) 
And that would make them want to listen. Like, why is their review just the word pink? Why is it? Because I want them to write weird reviews. Oh. I don't want them to just be. I mean, I love the reviews we've gotten, and y'all are so kind to say, like, I love this story. And it's you so want them to just say, but I don't want Armadillo. them to. Fe- I, yes. I don't want them to feel obligated to I understand. write. Because like, I I, when you. I have to write a I review, I'm like, too. I think it's nice. I understand what yeah, you're right? saying. Right? I'm, yeah. I'm horrible at no it. No pressure. So no pressure, but write us a review. Right arm, yeah. <laughs> write chair. Yeah, just chair. Yeah, I, but I love armadillo. They all just said armadillo. People would be like, what, <laughs> huh? is, what is happening? You can find us on all the things as My Grandma's Diaries, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Spotify. Um, yeah, yeah. In- we're everywhere. Yeah. I even put us on uh, Sirius. And, oh, good. Um, iTunes, not iTunes, TuneIn. Oh, good. So now we're a, a stretcher. So for the pro. Android people, I'm just put wherever oh, people go, I can't find you on this platform. Uh-huh. I just put ours on it. So, <laughs> yeah, we're all over everything. So you can find us anywhere. Tell all your friends about it and go to our Patreon. That's where all the bonus episodes are. And uh, pro- by now, we have aired a really cool interview mm. with Francis's son. And this wow. episode was Heavy Francis. So go meet your son, Jeff. He's Seriously. adorable. Interesting. And in the meantime, we will see you next week, next Tuesday. At my grandma's diaries. Ciao, Bella. Bye. Oh, I should say bonsoir, because I've just come back from Paris. See ya. <laughs>